Welcome to the Hyper Guy Motivational Podcast. I'm so, so lucky today to have two wonderful people here with me, but we have our guest here, but we have our wonderful guest host here, Paul Danzig, the USC professor. He works at, in public policy in their executive management and leadership program. Thank you, Paul, for being here. And I'm going to introduce our wonderful Mr. Dale Rivera, who is a choreographer extraordinaire, dancer extraordinaire, teacher extraordinaire, and I get to go over all, all the wonderful things that he's done in his life. Daryl, thank you so much for being here. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I, I'm excited to be here and share my story. <laughs> yes, Paul. Daryl, I'm super excited to be able to be part of this interview because I'm living vicariously through you. You have something that I don't think I can ever have, and that's a strong <laughs> sense of rhythm. Where does rhythm come about? Um, honestly, I, I think it, it started with my mom. She's a huge Michael Jackson fan, so we would always watch that when I was growing up, and then I would just imitate him. And then I think from there, like, I started to get my rhythm and how to follow a beat. So, yeah, definitely for my mom. <laughs> oh, awesome. We're going to ask you more questions about your rhythm as we get along in this interview. Where did you uh, – let's get some background information. Martino always likes to start out with the beginning. Uh, where did you grow up, and what was your family like? Um, so I grew up in San Francisco, California. Uh, both of my parents are from the Philippines. Um, they moved to the Bay Area. Um, I was born and raised in San Francisco. And then middle school and high school, um, I was in Pleasanton, um, East Bay. And then after high school, I moved to Vegas to go to UNLV, which is funny because I majored in hospitality, obviously, Vegas. Um, and during that time, I took dance like as an elective. So I never really started dancing until college. Um, and then even though it was fun for some reason um, throughout the months and years, I was like, wow, I'm actually falling in love with dance. <laughs> like, um, so I ended up getting my uh, bachelor's in hospitality. And I was like, mom, you know what? I got my major. I got my degree. I want to dance. She's like, you know what? That's fine. As long as you got me the degree, do whatever you want. And you know what? Ever since I graduated, everything's been working out dance-wise, which is pretty amazing. I would think uh, more than amazing with over 27 <laughs> million downloads on your YouTube station combined. That's pretty awesome. Tell me what it's like. Uh, what was like growing up in San Francisco? What was your neighborhood like? Um, honestly, the it was kind of ghetto because um, I was like I would live in Mission, and then I also lived in Daly City. Um, it's pretty like ghetto parts of the city. Um, but I loved it because I was close to my family. So I always felt safe and secure with my family. Um, but it was tough because within that area as well, like my cousins weren't like a great influence to me. Um, honestly, like none of them went to college. Um, a lot of them were like either drug dealing or in and out of jail. Um, so I think that was one of the main reasons my parents actually moved me to Pleasanton. Um, it was actually just like a better neighborhood um, it was safer. The education was a lot better, um, which like at first it's it's crazy because at first I used to hate my parents for moving me because I loved being where I was because there was Filipinos. There was black. I just felt like I fit in. Right. And to be honest, when we moved to Pleasanton, like I was like it was majority white people and I just felt out of place and like I didn't want to be there. But then like looking back now, I knew it was for a better life like. Like, I'm so grateful for my parents moving me there because I had a better education and just the person I am today overall made me better. Um, yeah, I was the only person in my family to go to college, actually finish college. Um, 
but yeah, I, I think honestly, my parents, uh, I can't thank my parents enough for raising me the right way. About how old were you when you moved from <laughs> San Francisco to Pleasanton? uh, I was about 13. And you made a comment that your neighborhood was rough. How do you know it was rough at the time when that's what you knew? Uh, I just saw, I literally saw fights all the time. Um, and, and then honestly, I, when it came to my mom, like she was always worried about us being out like anytime past seven or eight. So it's just like for her to be worried like that all the time and just hearing stories from my older cousins, like when we would have parties and them just talking about drugs and stuff. And like, I would ask questions of, to my mom and she's just like, don't listen to them. Um, but even moving to Pleasanton, like um, she never had that sense of like, fear like at night or anything um being in the east bay like i don't know we just felt safer You brought up your mom a couple of different times in our short time together. yeah She must be really important to you. she is uh she's my rock um you know she moved here from the philippines um and this is her second marriage right now so uh backstory my mom she actually wasn't able to give birth Um, with her first husband, um, her first husband, she wanted, he wanted kids and she told him he couldn't, she couldn't provide. And during that time they were fighting, like my mom didn't realize he was cheating on her, um, trying to have a baby with another woman. And then anyways, that didn't work out. And then now she's with my dad, right? My dad tells my dad that she can't have kids. And my dad is just like, you know what? That's fine. I don't mind adopting, blah, blah, blah. Long story short, for some reason, she's pregnant with me. Like, I don't know. I'm like this miracle baby, this and that. And I don't know, like, just hearing my mom's backstory and me being here, like, I, I don't know. Like, my mom's my world. <laughs> like, I, she always looks out for me. She's always there for me. So, yeah. That's so awesome. What did you learn most from her? Um, Definitely hard work. I would say hard work. Like, from her to come to the Philippines, like, she... Her first job was McDonald's and then she moved to Walmart and then finally to the post office she's been at for the past 20 years. Um, hard, uh, hard work, consistency and dedication. I think those are the main three things I learned, especially with dance. Hard work, consistency, dedication, like, um, yeah, just to provide, um, to work hard and, you know, to want more for yourself, to want to be better pretty much overall. When you uh, look at your time in Pleasanton, we had this huge cultural shift on a number of different fronts. What was it like being a teenager in Pleasanton? Um, it was, I don't know. It was, it was weird. It was tough too. Like I felt like I didn't fit on, fit in. I was like picked on a lot. Obviously like a lot of racist Asian jokes were made. Um, so I was, I was just trying to high school. I don't know. How do I explain it now? I feel like looking back, I'm like, I hated high school. I think it was more like I was trying to figure out how I fit in. And I think the way I fit in was playing sports. Like I played football and I did track and I think that was the best way I fit in. But I think high school, it was really trying to find my identity the whole time in high school. And honestly, I felt more confident and secure about myself when I entered college. Because I feel like when you get to college, like no one really cares. Like, you know, everyone's like super chill. They're focused on like their degree and their major. I think high school is just such a popularity contest, you know, and uh, yeah. <laughs> I think you're bringing up a lot of things for all of us as you're describing it. <laughs> we can relate in different ways. Yeah. Yeah.
tell me about the team experience during high school. How did that help you get identity? Um, I think with team experience, it just helped me just figure out who I was as a person. Because at the end of the day, like if I'm playing football or track, it's a sports team, right? So we all have to be on the same level where we have to all pick each other up and be there for each other. Um, and then obviously, like, you know, your color and your race won't matter at the end of the day when we're on that field. So I think just teamwork, cooperation, uh, respect. Um, I really think, and also like playing sports, I believe helped me in dance in general. Um, Cause I, in dance, you have to work with choreographers, artists, this and that. And at the end of the day, it's a team, right? We're cooperation. There's no egos. Like we all need to function together for things to work. And I, I think sports actually really helped me throughout high school and then made me the person dancer I am today. You made reference that going to UNLV University in Nevada, Las Vegas was a pivotal time in your life, right? Going for this high school experience and to yeah. uh, finding acceptance in a different way. And you also described how, at least in your early family years, uh, there wasn't a high emphasis placed on education based on uh, what your cousins were doing. Yeah. What made you go from high school to a university? Um, I can't lie. So from high school to college, during that time, me and my dad didn't get along. Um, I try, I'm trying to look back, and I can't really remember what, but my dad is very short-tempered. Um, he's a typical Filipino um, where, I don't know, like he just likes things like I can't be late or I don't know, like maybe I forgot to turn off the light or close the door. I don't know. My dad is just very particular and we always argued a lot. And the only family I had in Vegas was my grandparents. So I was like, okay, this is a perfect out. Me and my dad always had, but I can leave me and my dad never have to argue and I'll go to Vegas. So it was mainly because me and my dad didn't get along. I was like, okay, I'm going to go to Vegas. I'm going to go UNLV. And then even during that time of high school, I had no clue what I wanted to major in. Um, um, oh, actually, I forgot to mention, during high school at 16, I was working at Finish Line and Foot Locker, and I fell in love with sneakers. So at that time, um, I was just like, oh, I think I want to work for Nike in Oregon. So I was thinking about becoming a business major. I think that was like one of the main things. But then when... I finally made the decision to go to UNLV. I was like, I think the best thing is to obviously major in hospitality because there's so much hotels, this and that. Um, so really the switch was me that me and my dad couldn't get along. And I was just like, you know what? Oh, hospitality sounds fun anyways. And then, yeah, dance was an elective and start from there. <laughs> I have a question i want to ask you more along that front where our conversation is yeah. going but i need to backtrack at least for a second because you threw out this big bomb about uh loving shoes how many shoes are in your collection right now oh now i'm at 200 i used to be at 800 yeah oh you cut back yeah <laughs> i'm trying to go smaller even like maybe down to like 40 tops yeah so what'd you do with the 600 pairs um, there's a consignment shop here in Vegas, um, and I brought more than half of them there. So they pretty much, it's an 80-20 split. Um, so they take 20%, I get 80% of the profit. But um, I don't know if you've seen lately, like sneakers are huge. Like everybody loves their Jordans, you know? <laughs> so I would collect and resell. And it's funny because I made a joke to my mom. I was like, you know what, since you won't like let me sell dope, I'm going to resell shoes. And she's like, well, all right, well, that's legal. 
<laughs> What's your most prized pair? Um, I have a pair of Jordan ones um, from 1994. I don't wear them. Um, they're just like my prized possession. They're the Chicago ones from 94. Uh, just beat up. And it's just like a whole like monument for me to look at. <laughs> oh, man, that's and I think crazy. they're worth I think they're worth about five grand right now, which is crazy. Man, everyone has to have their collection, right? It helps expand our mind and give us yeah. a great space. You talked, um, I want to fall back on your dad for a second. You talked about uh, this tension that you had with him during high school, and he was a big reason on why you moved out, which sounds like it was a, the right move at the right time for you. Yeah. Uh, tell me about your college days. And I know you went into hospitality and you found dance. What was it like? How'd you how'd you find what your passion was? Because uh, when you went in, you're still trying to find out how you want to make a mark in the world. Yeah, um, honestly, that full first man, maybe even two years of college, while I was just um, getting my prereqs in and all the things I needed, I I didn't know what I wanted to do. Like all I thought about was just like, okay, UNLV is the number one hospitality college. So I was like, maybe that's just the right thing to do. You know, it's just like, I feel like it's just one of those things where you talk to a counselor and they're just like, this is the right thing to do. Like, I I didn't know what a passion was in my opinion. Um, so I was just trying to think about the right thing to do. Um, and then just during that time, yeah, I just picked up dances on elective. And to be honest, like being Filipino, like I'm around people that dance, sing karaoke. Like, I just feel like it's part of my culture. So I'm just like, you know what, I'm going to take dance like I'm Filipino, like I, I should dance. And then that's when I found passion, because when I dance like every I don't know, every time I'm angry, every time I'm happy, whatever I'm feeling like you sense my energy, like whatever I feel, I let go in that studio, like deep down, whatever I'm holding, like whatever fights I had with my dad, I can't finish this essay. Um, I'm just stressed, like. I don't know, I can, for some reason, I can pour it out through dance and music. And then I was like, oh my God, I'm like passionate. Like, I love doing this. Like, I could do this for free, you know? And you probably did at some parties, I'm sure. I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think about when you dance? Um, What do I think about? Wow, there's just so much emotions. It really depends on the music and the feeling of it. Like, for example, if it's, a love song. I just think about all the relationships I had in my life, or if it's something more tense and strong, like I just think about all the times that people doubted me or said I wasn't good enough. Like I just think about those emotions and kind of just let it out through dance. When you think about your university days, I mean, have a good sense on people that were important to you in your life that shaped you to who you are in your early life, when you, particularly when you talk about your mom and your dad, did you have a mentor or someone during the college years that really inspired you? Huh, during college? I wouldn't really say, honestly, I would probably just say, if anything, my friends, the people I surround myself with. I mean, at the end of the day, they say you are who you surround yourself with. And I think I surrounded myself with people that actually wanted to just you know, have goals in life, I guess. Um, I spent most of my childhood, like with my cousins that had zero goals, like 
they didn't know what to do with their lives. And, you know, I met the right people that they were like, oh, I wanted to be a doctor. I've always wanted this. So I think I actually did surround myself with people that wanted something in their life. So it pushed me to figure out what inspires me. And then I was just like, oh, I think I actually love dance. So I think it was being around like my friends in college because they knew what they wanted. So it pushed me to find what I wanted. I mean, that's really important, right? To be able to find that friend group to be able to support you. Yeah. Tell me about the major shift that's happened in your early life, right? So we'll still keep it while you're college and below, right? We go from, you know, these environments that you were a part of because that's where your your parents lived. And it wasn't necessarily a good community, but it was still a community. Then you went to Pleasanton and had a different type of social network. And then you went to university and were maybe more deliberate about identifying your friends. Tell me what was different about your college friends, the way that you think about your interaction with them that looked and felt different than say your friend group in Pleasanton or your family group in San Francisco? Oh, call, I, I think moving to college, especially with college, you have all different people like of the world too. Um, honestly, I love college because I felt like I could be me. Like I can't lie, high school, it felt pretty racist. Like, like I heard now Pleasanton is like very diverse, which is amazing, but it was a dominantly white high school and I just didn't fit in. And this is a time too, like, like nobody knows what a Filipino is. So I'm either called a chink or a Jap most of the time. And I'm like, dude, I'm not Chinese, I'm not Japanese. So going to college and then even with the hospitality school, I don't know if you know this, but a lot of people from Asia go to UNLV um, for hospitality. So going to college, being able to fit in with all these different nationalities, ethnicities, like I feel like I don't, I'm not scared to be me or to act a certain way or to dress a certain way. Like high school, I was like, oh God, I've got to wear Hollister, Amber Crombie to fit in in a polo when it's not me. Like I grew up listening to hip hop culture. And then even with that, like like it, it's accepted in the city, but then when I move out, like it's like I want to be black, but I don't want to be like I, I just grew up listening to hip hop culture. That's just who I am. And then I'm going to this high school where I need to fit in. It's like shit. Like I don't know. Like growing up, I didn't know. And there was this movie called The Debut. It's a Filipino movie, Filipino American movie, Dante Bosco. And if you guys know Dante Bosco, he played Rufio um, in the Peter Pan movie. Um, but it was about him growing up. And he's Filipino and his where he grows up is like in this like black, Hispanic, Asian community, hip hop culture. Right. Then he goes to college, all white people. And then people are making fun of him like, oh, dude, you're a fucking coconut. Like you're brown on the outside, but you're white on the inside. And then he's made fun of on the other side. Like, oh, you want to be black, this and that. And it's just like, dude, I don't know what my identity is. Right. I go to college. And then I was like, oh, man, I'm meeting all these people, different races, different nationalities. And I was like, everybody's just being them. Like, I just want to be me, what I like, this and that, not be judged for it. Don't call me this. Um, I loved college. Like, I can't lie. Like, it's, it's hard for me to explain high school because I just hated it. And I want to forget it, honestly. Um, I loved college. I loved every bit. Like, I, if I could go back, I would go back. Um, and I think in general, any college you go to, I just feel like, it's like that because you're meeting people from different places of the world, 
high school, it's just so like, oh, it's that city and you're just going to be in that area. You better fit in or else you're going to be made fun of. Um, but yeah, college is where I got to finally be me, be expressive. And I think that's what it is and find my passion of what I want in life. I mean, I just feel like there's this huge freeing moment that happened in your yeah. life. And you didn't really realize what's happening until it happened. Yeah. How do you describe your identity now? Um, I'm a Filipino American, you know, I'm a Filipino American. I love dance. Um, yeah, that's how I explain it. I think, um, I've really loved Filipino culture. Um, I stopped being like embarrassed about it. Like I praise it. I embrace it now. And honestly, it's big. I'm sorry. Like I, back in my day, we didn't have the Jabawakis. We didn't have Manny Pacquiao. We didn't have Joe Coy. Like there are so many people now back to back Miss Universe from she's Filipino. Like there's so much representation, not just Filipinos, but Asians now. Like it's amazing. Like I feel like we're we can all embrace who we are without, you know, feeling embarrassed about it. I I feel like growing up, I was just like, you know, we're always made fun of like being Asian and it, I felt embarrassed about it. And like, I hated it. And now I'm just like, I love being Asian. I love being Filipino. I want you to take another level deeper. How do you describe your identity? How do I describe my identity? Like, what do you mean exactly? No, you just framed it, right? You're a Filipino American, you're yeah. a dancer, a choreographer, hip hop. Now take it to another level deeper. I'm going to ask you to describe your identity. How would you describe it? How do I describe it? Um, I don't know. I'm just an outgoing guy. <laughs> I don't really under, I don't know. Um, deep down, I'm just outgoing. Um, I'm caring. Um, yeah, I just, I don't know. I just want people to generally be happy with themselves. I think deep down, that's one thing I learned. And even when I go out, and I hang out with friends and this and that. And I just, you know, one of the main things I asked them was like, hey, are you generally happy? Like whatever with what you're doing in your life, what job, or maybe you're not even working and you're taking a break. Like, I think my identity is just like, you know, I just want people to be happy um, because deep down I was trying to find my happiness for the long time. I know it's a tough question to answer because you're like, I just answered that question, Paul. I know. I was like, I don't know how to no but imagine how how deep that is right of why yeah. others be happy how does yeah. that show up in your work right now honestly i think it shows like my classes are sold out every week every week it's sold out and one of the best comments i get from my students is that they can be themselves they don't feel judged um they love my energy they love how encouraging i am and positive um and that's the whole point of class. Like, Paul, my class, I'll have either a 12-year-old and a 73-year-old. Like, the age range is insane that they want to see me. And at the end of the day, like, obviously, the 73-year-old isn't picking up the movement, but he's happy. Like, I see the smile. And then I'm just like, guys, we are here to dance. We're here to have fun. We're here to let go everything that's going on in this world. For this one hour, we're just going to dance, be united have fun and encourage like each other. 
And I take pride in that. And I know that's the main reason why everybody comes to my class. Everybody wants to like, look at my dance videos. Like it's, it's, it's a tough world we live in. Like, I can't lie. Like ever since the pandemic, mental health, um, this and that, like it, it's rough. And then you have social media um, with kids nowadays, especially that I teach kids. There's so much cyberbullying, so much comparison. Um, you got to look like this. You got to look like that. Um, and it's sad. It's sad. Like you're comparing yourself all the time. And I just want you to be you. I want you to be you. I want you to have fun for this hour. We're in my class. Um, and I think that's like the biggest takeaway um, from everyone is that they love my encouragement and they love my positivity and the energy I bring each week. I wish I lived in Vegas so uh, I can make you happy. <laughs> you have to see it. I mean, Mar Martin's seen it. Martin's seen it, you know. You know, what you're describing right now, you know, this search for happiness and recognizing what kids are going through right now, you've also experienced that firsthand, right? So yeah. our world was in a different place, right? We maybe didn't have the same type of social influences that we experience now, but you experienced it firsthand. I mean, you know yeah. what it's like to be in that space. Yeah, Martina, um, Martina, I know you want to jump into this conversation. Daryl, I want to ask you first, though, about your sweatshirt, because, you know, our listeners can't see what you're wearing right now. Oh. You're wearing a hoodie and you're wearing like a, a, a Nick, no. hair yeah. pillow. What's on your sweatshirt? <laughs> uh, it's Mickey Mouse. Um, fun fact, during college, I had to do an internship for hospitality. So I did a six month internship at Disneyland. That's so so cool. I got all this like free swag <laughs> while I was there. I love it. Yeah. Martine. Well, you know, thank you, Paul. I appreciate it. Um, wait, Dale, you know, one of the things we talked about, your energy, your energy is amazing. And I'm going to just go over some of the numbers because I, 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 I'm like, when I see the numbers, I'm like, holy mackerel. And I don't think people realize there's millions of people in, in like the social media space. So it's, you like you're basically competing with the world basically right yeah. <laughs> so i don't think people really understand when it especially when it comes down to like podcasts and social media stuff how difficult that space is so you have seventy one thousand followers on tiktok yeah. uh your instagram 24 24 000. your youtube has fifty one thousand followers and like you said you have over it's like 20 to 27 million downloads of yeah. your your dance videos yeah, it's, it's insane. You're a dance instructor at Millennium. Uh, you've danced uh, in the Grammy Awards. Yes, I danced in the, Latin, in, uh, yeah, the and yes, the Latin Grammy Awards, Billboard Awards. So you've, you've danced with Cirque du Soleil. Um, you've done uh, you're you're currently a choreographer for Thunder, Thunder from Down Under. You're continuing yes. to do that, correct? Uh, and, yes, I and, do. and we can go on and on in Shania Twain. And yeah. it, it seems like you enjoy yourself with her. So can you tell us like. Who have you enjoyed working with? And I wanted to go back because, like I said, Paul does a lot of leadership stuff. And we talk about this in, in some of his courses that he actually teaches. I, I, I always wonder about the creativity side of this um, because that's really big in the business space. Right, Paul? Creativity. And how do you how do you create your dances for these different um, spaces? What goes to your mind? And does the performer say to you, um, Daryl, this, this is the music I'm going to be playing. I want you to do this kind of dancing, or do you as a choreographer decide what to do? Um, that's a great question, actually. It really depends on the job. Um, so sometimes I'll either get a client telling me specifically, 
what I need to do within the choreography. So for example, let's say within the song, like maybe I wanted to create um, a part where everyone's on stage dancing, but then the client's like, actually, I want you guys at this part to go to the crowd, cheer them on, encourage them, and then come back to the stage. So then I would have to work around that, or I would work with a client where I just have complete freedom and control where they're just like, hey, here's four minutes of the music. I trust you, create whatever you want, this and that. So it really depends on the job. Um, but yeah, especially with Thunder Down Under, Thunder Down Under was my very first choreography job that I still do till this day, which is amazing. I think I'm on- Can, can you, hey, hey, Daryl, can you go ahead and explain what Thunder Down Under is for people? Because we oh, have yes, all over the world. So people um, are like, what, so, is it, what is he talking about? <laughs> if you don't know, Thunder Down Under is a male review show, exactly like Chippendales, exactly like Magic Mike. Um, the difference is that Thunder Down Under, all the guys are from Australia, born and bred. Like I, I had to fly out to Australia one time to recruit guys. Um, it's one of the top shows in Vegas, obviously, because you got 12 hot Australian guys and you got sold out shows of nothing but single bachelorettes every weekend. Um, but yeah, so I choreographed those guys. Um, and then one thing I learned with choreography, um, I needed to learn how it fits in, right? I need to know my crowd. I need to know, um, the people that show up and what works, um, there was a part of me when I would create and I was dancing too much. And when I mean I was dancing too much, I mean the point where if girls came to the show, that's not what they came for, obviously. So if part of the routine I was dancing and then I would look at the crowd, I'll be like, oh, wait, they're not feeling it. So then I would change it. I'll be like, hey, guys, for this one minute, take your time and just slowly take your shirt off for a full minute. Take your shirt off wave it and throw it. And then we tried that. And then that's when the girls went crazy. So that from that experience, I had to learn where I was at each job and what worked. Like it wasn't about me at the end of the day. Um, it's about the whole production and the show and how to make it better. So that's one thing I've learned as a choreographer um, is just creating because sometimes like you don't need to dance all the time. So like, I mean, if I would ask you guys like, you know, if you saw a dance show and it was nothing but dancing the whole time, like when in a part of you feel bored, you know, like maybe you'd want to see like an aerial act or a quick comedian come out, you know. So being a choreographer, I'm learning to expand more um, on the production side and just like see things from different perspectives and what works. How, how do you manage the personalities? Ooh, that's tough, um, especially with Thunder Down Under, too, because there's a lot of egos um this and that um I would just say I always tell people like we're a team you know there's we we need to stop the ego I understand there's a lot of cooks in the kitchen uh, but we all need to work together um do our job know our spots um so it's really just about cooperation that I try to push a lot um with every team I work with and then where does the creativity come in I mean like how do you think of a different routine every time? Like I listen to the music and I'm like, and, and then I guess part of that is like, it's different dancing for different types of music. Correct. So how do you yeah. like move? How do you kind of like move from that space to another space? And what, how do you think of the moves? 
Um, oh my God. I, I can't lie. It's, it's really weird. My brain is really weird. Um, but I think about a lot of random things like, um, just from personal experiences, just going out this and that, like, for example, like when I create for thunder down under, I'm literally thinking of the song that they gave me. And I'm just thinking about what I would do having sex, you know, and that it would just create in my mind, the movement. And then like, if I'm with Shania Twain, and we're doing a cowboy part. I'm like, okay, what if we were in a saloon? What would we, oh, we'd be all line dancing. You know, like I'm thinking about random scenarios that I've been through personally. And I just create those scenarios out of, and create movement, if that makes sense. You know, like what's sexy? How do I make a cowboy part? Um, it's just really, it's kind of like when actors watch movies and they get inspired by that and then they create their character. I think it's the same thing, like me just going out in the world, um, just people watching things in that. And then from there, I create something out of it. Dale, let me ask you this. Did you ever get to a spot? I know you, we kind of touched on this when we had a conversation on the phone. It's very difficult to get into this industry. It's so, com it's so competitive and there's not a lot of jobs in it. And yeah. you, said, you said there was a time where you were in a dark period, but you know the dance helped you get out of it. How did you get your first job in this? And how did you get through that period? Um, so whew, let's go back. So Thunder Down Under is my first job as a choreographer. Um, so this was, I graduated 2015. Yeah, 2015. No, I lied. I graduated 2012. Oh my God, I'm old. 2012. Um, that I was Thunder Down Under for a year. And then from there, I probably only had one teaching gig. I mean, 30 bucks an hour. And I only had about, I can't lie, maybe five to 10 students, you know, compared to the 60 I have every week now. Um, and I don't know, I wasn't really booking gigs. Like when I mean gigs, like random corporate gigs, because in Vegas, obviously, like there's always huge conventions, CES. Uh, we always have companies like Amazon, Google. Um, there's always constant, um, work out here. So they're always hiring dancers for their private events and I would never get hired for it. Um, so obviously I'm already having a tough time. Like I'm making like minimum wage if I would explain it. Um, and then I saw that there was an audition for an agency in LA. Um, and obviously one thing I learned, if you want to make it big in the industry, like dance for an artist, go on tour, do award shows, you have to have an LA agent. Same thing as modeling, same thing as acting. We all have to have an LA agent. So I went to LA, auditioned. I luckily got signed. I got signed to the agency. It was clear agency at the time, right? So within that year, I booked that agency. Every audition they sent me to, I never booked. I got cut, I got cut, I got cut, I got cut. That whole year, um, the agency said, hey, Daryl, I'm sorry. You never booked one job with us. You know, it's not going to work out. You know, maybe you should try something else. So they let me go. I was like, damn, I'm devastated. I don't know what to do. And then during that time, my friend said, hey, another agency is having an audition. You know, I've heard that sometimes everybody just needs a different agent, you know, um, try it out. And I was like, okay, I'll try it out. This agency is MSA. 
I auditioned for them. I get it. They signed me. Oh, my God. Another year, guys. Another year. I go to all these auditions. Chris Brown, Usher, you name it. Um, I couldn't book. Madonna. Madonna was one of the big ones. I was getting cut left and right. And like you said, this is tough. Like these auditions I'm going to imagine 600 dancers fighting for 10 spots. And that's like what it is every single time, you know, and it's just heartbreaking. I it, it's heartbreaking to always get the no. And I've cried a lot. And Paul, like you mentioned, like I met, <laughs> I talk about my mom a lot. Um, every time I cried, she's always there for me. Like, I feel like I wouldn't get through those times. Um, if she wasn't there for me. So then, so guys, I'm cut by two agencies. I'm not booking anything. Thunder Down Under is like my only money maker, which isn't even enough. And I'm getting older. Like um, at this time, I'm already like 25. And then my mom is like, okay, you know, you need to have something more substantial, you know? And I was like, you know, you're right. Maybe I need to get my life together. This is just a pipe dream. You know, I tried, it didn't work out. So I, with my degree, I worked at Cosmopolitan here at Vegas and then at the Venetian. Um, I was a front desk agent and a concierge agent um, for a year each. Um, and I can't lie, halfway through, I hated my life. Like with hospitality, with customer service, obviously at the end of the day, you have to people please, you have to smile. Um, and the guest is always right, even though they can be wrong. Um, uh, there's just many times where I felt degraded. I felt like I was nothing. Like, you know, guests will literally yell at you when it's not your fault. Um, obviously, like check-in is at 3 p.m. They show up at 11. And I'm just like, I apologize, sir. Check-in's at 3. We don't have anything available. Well, it's your fault, this and that. You need to get a room together for me. It was like a lot of entitlement. And I just felt belittled in the industry. And a whole part of me was just like, I feel like I, I'm meant for more than this. Like I need, I know I meant for more than this. And then one thing I went hard in, um, while I was working there on my days off was teaching. So I'd started teaching more. Um, and then one of the classes that I got, um, that was very consistent was, um, teaching kids. I think the kids group was between eight and 16. So I would work Monday through Friday, Venetian and Cosmo, Saturday, Sunday, I teach kids, right? I was doing this consistently for a year. And then I was like, I love teaching. I love teaching. I love kids. Um, this is something consistent and it maybe doesn't pay as well as hospitality mom, but I love teaching. So I quit my job. And then I just started teaching full time, teaching full time. Right. Um, and then this is where it came to the point. I was just like, you know what? YouTube is blowing up. Why don't I record these kids, record my stuff, you know, and I just put my content out, just put it out. Let's see if someone sees it or doesn't like it. Martine. Oh, my God. You know what I get? I get an email from Ellen DeGeneres. Ellen DeGeneres. She's like, Daryl, I saw your kids. They are amazing. We'd love to have them perform. And I, guys, I kid you not, I emailed. I was like, hey, I get a lot of spam. Like, 
please, uh, is this real? Like, I, I would love to bring my kids, but I just want wow. to make sure this spam. <laughs> and then she's just like, no, we'd love to bring you. Um, that changed my life. That changed my life. I brought the kids there. Um, a lot so of local. That, what was that like? Yeah, like so, so you got the email. And I, yeah. I, is this a, were you dancing at Millennium Dance Complex at the time? No, this is way before Millennium's created. Okay. And so if everybody yeah. knows, I mean, Millennium is, a, 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 Paul was talking about that. Millennium is one of the biggest yeah. YouTube sensation, but it's an amazing dance place. I, I, I love that place. But um, so, okay, so you get the email and then. Do you, did they fly you there or do you have to yeah. go there with all the kids? They, they, flew, so they pay for they all of us. Yeah, they pay for everything. They flew us out. I think we all stayed at the Marriott next to the studio. Um, we got there and then we also met Twitch. I mean, RIP Twitch, um, amazing guy. Obviously, we all love that guy, amazing dancer. Um, and then we met Ellen. Ellen was, she's very sweet. Um, yeah, like Ellen was like, that person too that plugged us she's like this is daryl this is prodigy um make sure to check them out in vegas then they performed and it was on facebook it was on youtube and obviously at that time youtube was i think the only main social platform right now and then so it blew up on youtube i got emails saying like hey we would love for you to teach this and that and then from there from there i got another agency like reaching out to me and then deep down i was like oh god this would be my third agent. I don't think this is going to work, but you know what? But finally I have some momentum, right? I have a name for myself. I'm not just at the bottom of the barrel trying to get to the top. Like, okay, people know me. So I signed to this third agency. Um, I don't know. Everything was just like fire. Like I, I booked salt and pepper right off the back. Um, I booked Donnie Osmond. I worked with Aerosmith. Shania Twain, Christina, like, I don't know, I, it just started going off. And I, it was hard for me to even comprehend, comprehend what was going on. Um, but yeah, going Joe, back, let me ask you, yeah. Joe, let me ask you this. Uh, and I know Paul, Paul, if you, if you have a question, you can jump in. Um, but who was your favorite person to dance with? And let me ask you this question, I guess is, how much stress do you have? I mean, when you're when you're first going out there the first time, are you like, oh man, I hope I I hit all my moves? Or are you dancing with other professional dancers? So you, how many hours of practice are you putting in before you go like go on a Grammys? Oh my God, I'm I would say almost every day. Like I'm at least at the studio each day for an hour or two hours, just freestyling or training on myself, stretching. Um, one thing that I learned getting older is just like flexibility, mobility. You know, at the end of the day, we're athletes, um, so I have to take care of my body. So I'm training consistently on my off days. Um, yeah, but one of the best people I loved was Shania. I still do. Shania is probably one of the most down-earth, humblest people I've ever got to work with, and she's a sweetheart. Like, before every show, she would say, good luck, boys. I love you guys. Kill it on stage. Um, I can't lie. I've worked with certain artists that I don't want to name, um, but they're actually like divas and rude. And sometimes we can't even talk to them. Like we would show up to the studio an hour before the artist and they're just like, Hey, when she gets here, don't say a word, just listen, shut up. And it's just like, damn, that sucks. You know, like you want to be able to meet your 
the person you're working with and because it's amazing you're just like oh this is so and so i'm get to and then you hear the back end you're like well they're not really that nice <laughs> and you're like oh that sucks you know that and then when i worked for shania i was like this is the most sweetest amazing person ever like you're an icon uh, but you're just a genuine human being at the end of the day how is it working with the other choreographers because i assume that you're with a lot of other great dancers um so do, is there like have you guys developed a community of men and women that you're working with and do you a lot of times work with the same people um when it comes to choreographers i actually work with a lot of different ones um which is great because the style is always different and it always pushes me out of my boundary like again i'm a strong hip-hop dancer but i'll work with a choreographer that's mostly jazz um so then like i have to do my best to fit in their style um and i think one thing that i'm grateful for and fortunate for is just my work ethic i think my work ethic shows and that's why i get hired by all these different choreographers now um but yeah, every time I work with a different choreographer, I love that I'm pushed um, out of my boundaries, out of my comfort zone to learn different things. Um, but when it comes to that, I actually end up working with some of the same dancers um, a lot um, in this industry. And then especially with this industry, I don't know, I would say it's kind of like a Marvel movie, right? In Marvel, you always see the same people. Um, it's the same thing with dance. Um, you'll get those core people of consistent, hardworking, positive dancers. And at the end of the day, those are the people you want to work with, right? Not the ones with egos, this and that. So a lot of us end up on the same jobs just because we're easy to work with, this and that. I've worked with so many people that that feel entitled, have egos, that complain. And then one thing that I humble myself with is at the end of the day, like people would kill to have my job. It's a dream job. It's an amazing job. I'm every time I step on the stage, like I am changing someone's life or night, you know, so it's, it's an amazing job and I'm grateful for it. Um, so I think that's one of the reasons why a lot of people want to work with me. Cause I, 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 I appreciate this so much. Like I love doing what I do. So let me ask you, so like you have, you're, you're a huge social media star. <laughs> you know that. Um, how has like TikTok and Instagram and YouTube, how has it changed your life? Well, we saw you said about you know, the Ellen part, but do you get, you said this earlier to Paul and I prior to the starting, do, do you get emails and calls and from all over the world and how do you handle all that? Oh yeah, a lot. Um, um, I would say ever since Instagram and TikTok came out, um, it's a lot of messaging like, hey, do you do online tutorials? Do you teach privates? Um, this and that. Um, like, for example, it's helped me so much just grow. I wouldn't even say as a dancer. I think grow as a choreographer and as a teacher. Um, like, I went to Amsterdam to teach. Um, I went to Singapore to teach uh, when I was teaching in Australia. Um Social media, I think, is amazing because you can reach worldwide. And Martin, like, it's, it's exactly what you said. Like, your podcast is reaching all the way out to Europe, you know? And it's just like, wow, how amazing is social media at the end of the day? Because without it, I probably wouldn't be reaching out to people in Asia, this and that, saying that they love my work. Um, yeah, with social media and how I blew up, um, 
I do my best to handle it. Um, cause sometimes I can't lie. There's a part of me that I was like, I need to turn this off. Like I'm going crazy. I can't answer everyone. Um, but then like, you know, I'll have talks with my mom and my mom is like, Hey, you need to talk to them. You need to talk to everybody, reach out because I'm no one without anyone at the end of the day. I am here because of all these people that I've inspired and I wouldn't be anywhere without them. You know, like my classes now are sold out. Like I said, I have, I have at least 60 people every Saturday in my class. Um, and I owe it to them to show up, um, to have good energy, um, to be a positive role model. So it's hard because there's like a lot of messages and DMs I try to get through, but I try my best to get through them all and answer them because um, one thing I didn't have, I feel like was a mentor, like, especially with dance. And for me to mentor, like, especially these kids on, you know, where you should go, where you should take class, you know, how the real world is like, you know, even if you get an agent, you know, don't be happy because you, you'll get your heart broken. Um, just leading them. I think that's what helped me become who I am today. And with all the social presence, <laughs> I think Paul's itching to ask you a question here. I am because Daryl, you know what I'm recognizing in, in how you're showing up today. You're um, you're in such an intense environment, right? I'm not yeah. using in the judgment phase, right? It's just a lot happening right now, and I recognize that you know we as human beings can model our environments. And what I recognize is that you work with a lot of different types of personalities, a lot of strong personalities. Yet you have found a way to consistently say humble in this interview at least when you're yeah. talking about giving back to the kids and highlighting the kids and you're talking about you know it wouldn't be anybody without them you know wherever yeah. them is giving your environment how do you stay humble in this process um honestly i just stay humble because i don't know I, it, it's it's because it's just bigger than me like um i think about everyone else like it's every, dance is it's not just about me, honestly. Like, I, I believe we're all here on this world to give back, to motivate, to inspire. Um, so I think that's just what it is. It's not. It's really not about me. It's just about giving back. And I love seeing, like, my kids grow and become these amazing artists and this and that. I think that's just what humbles me is just watching the progress of the people I've inspired. Like, it's it's beautiful. <laughs> Daryl, I saw that you said you have all age ranges, and there's somebody in class I saw, an older gentleman. He's become a pretty uh, like a, a side star for you. Yeah, maybe, Dan. Dan's got said, half a million views on TikTok. Yeah, so can, year old yeah can, can, can you give me his name? What is what if people want to look at him? But you talk about what is his name again? Oh, guys, his name is Dancing Dan. He is 73 years old. Um, go to my TikTok. You'll see him all over my TikTok. He blew up um it's just 73 man i i that's that's beautiful to watch every saturday he makes my day every saturday and um that's the thing that's the, i think that's a great thing about dance like it, it brings everybody together because at the end of the day, you just want to dance have fun all ages all range all ethnicities races like it's it's beautiful and yeah guys dancing dan check him out on my tiktok so let, me you, let me ask you a question. Um, when you're doing choreography, like, uh, and I know you've been in Nicki Minaj videos, and, and I know those videos can be very challenging because you're there for hours at a time. 
Yeah. Um, when you're teaching people choreography, like whether it's a show or is there, I know there has to be varying levels of ability to dance and like even yeah. in your class, even in your class. Um, how do you handle that? Because you have such a you have such a diverse class on in terms of learning. How, yeah. how do you, do you how do you handle that um, so you can kind of like I guess bring everybody into this into your fold in some way? Um. Well, one of the main things is I have two different classes here in Vegas. I have a beginning class on Saturday, and then I have an advanced class Monday. So my Saturday class is all about learning um how to dance learning hip-hop learning technique and then my monday class is more me pushing you to be in the industry for you to make it as a career right so the saturday is what builds you and then i was like all right if you feel confident and if you think dance is your career and what you want to do come to my monday class and this is where i'm going to push you and this is and my monday class is pretty much what i do like the high intensity, the like, for example, Shania Twain, that's an hour and a half um, show. And I'm dancing for a solid hour, you know. So that's what my Monday class is. My Monday class is to push you with stamina, uh, to push you with physicality. Um, even with that, Martin, like on my off days, I'm, a, I'm at the gym, I'm running, I'm building up my stamina like even though it's just dance like I'm an, I'm an athlete at the end of the day I have to take care of my body um and it's really mental toughness I think at the end of the day it's it's mental toughness and being able to handle it um and it's more of me saying that I want this like I want this lifestyle and I think that's what makes me succeed and motivates others what advice would you give kids or actually anybody that wanted to get into the industry like in terms of how they can prepare for the industry and then and then how do you deal with the pressure of of learning how to deal with the industry oh yeah it's tough um my advice for kids is honestly be who you are please be who you are don't try to act like anyone else be proud of who you are and if you love doing what you do be consistent be consistent um don't ever be lazy don't give up be consistent. And with this industry, to be completely honest, like one thing I tell my kids all the time, it's hard. It is hard. You're going to get your heart broken. You're going to cry. Like you're going to be judged. Like I kid you not, you'll go to auditions, you'll be judged just off your height, just off your look, your race. And it, it is what it is. That's just what the industry is. So it's, you have to have that mental toughness with it. Um, and just say deep down, like, no, I love dancing. This is what I love to do. And even if this does, this job doesn't work out, maybe the next one will. Um, you have to be confident in yourself and just mentally strong because this is a very tough industry. Um, and one thing I tell myself all the time is, at the end of the day, if this person doesn't want me, this person doesn't want me, I'm too ugly for this job. I still love dancing. Like, this is what I love to do. So whether that person tells me no, I'm still going to get a yes somewhere else and or I'm still going to teach class. I'm still going to create content. So if you're going this route, this industry, you need to love it like you need to love it because there's going to be more heartbreaks than like congratulations. <laughs>
And what is your typical day like? Because you're so you're like extremely busy now, and you're you're very much in demand. So I know you go to LA sometimes to still still teach, and we'll get into that at the end how to how to take all your classes. But yeah. So what what so what is your like typical week or day like? I mean, sometimes are you traveling on a tour, or how does that work for you? Um, honestly, right now I'm on a break, which is nice. So I'm just teaching. But I'll give you an example. Recently, like two months ago, I was in three different shows. Um, so Sunday would be my day off Monday. I would teach morning and night. Um, Tuesday, I would have a show at Donnie Osmond Wednesday. I would have a show at Shania Twain and then Thursday, Friday would be the same, but it's weird because all my shows would be seven at night. Right. So I have the whole day to sleep in, um, eat, go to the gym and then do my show. And I think that was like, honestly, what my schedule was like for almost a year. Like I would do a show at night, gym in the morning, show at night, gym in the morning, teach on the weekends. Um, but it was consistently dance. <laughs> well, I get to ask you some fun questions now. And I have to tell you, uh, when I contacted you, Dale, you have so much energy. And I just really love that about you because most people can't match my energy but when i called you i said oh, oh he can he can match my energy <laughs> so so i appreciate you um what's your guilty pleasure food wise oh guilty pleasure that's a great question uh man i i know you've got to love babinka from goldilocks that's the place you definitely <laughs> yeah that's for sure babinka i get a lot all the time. I love when my mom cooks like Toron banana lumpia. I think that's like the main one I like to eat. I don't think I've ever had banana lumpia, but I, I mean, that, that sounds amazing. Really good, yeah. Um, if you could be one Mar Marvel character, who would it be and why? If I could be one Marvel character, Spider-Man. I feel like Spider-Man. Everybody wants to be Spider-Man. Why? I've always loved him growing up. I don't know. Just have the suit swinging around town he was always cool to me <laughs> uh, favorite music hip-hop or no i would say r&b 90s r&b like boys to men um tlc that's probably and, my favorite uh, famous uh favorite movie favorite movie um rush hour <laughs> Those are good movies. Um, oh, let me ask you quickly. How was it working with T uh, TLC? Uh, oh, I never worked with TLC. I worked with Salt and Pepper. Salt and Pepper. How was it with Salt and Pepper? Salt and Pepper. Uh, Salt and Pepper was fun. They were a lot of fun. I know they had like a tour too. I saw that they had a tour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah they did. And how about the – I know you worked uh, some music video sets. Uh, how do you like working at, with the music video sets? Are they fun? I know they go pretty quick though now, right? Uh, music videos, honestly, they're actually pretty long because we could be there for like 10 hours, but like even within the 10 hours, we're not like dancing the whole time. It's mainly like setting up the shot. If the shot is correct, um, waiting on the artists, uh, music videos are fun. They're just long, honestly, long days. But, it, rather... but it's, it's one day though, right? They're usually one day though. Usually one day. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's, not, it's, yeah like... it's not a couple days time. Yeah. Yeah. It's like one whole day. But it used to be, it used to be when they made music videos, you'd have days. maybe a couple of days. Now it's like, yeah. they'll do it like, you know. Um, I always ask people this question. Um, if you could meet one person, who would it be and what would you say? 
Wow, that's a great question. If I could meet one person, who would it be? Oh, I don't know. It could be anyone in history. Any dancer, it could be anyone. And what would I would say, say honestly, it would the only person I ever thought of was Michael Jackson. Like if I had to meet one person, it was Michael Jackson, mainly just because I wanted to know like his work ethic, um, his style, like what drives him to be a performer. Like he was a performer, like a one show performer. And I I think I would want to talk to him just to pick his brain on like what he thinks about when it comes to music and dance. And if you, the older, the older self, which is today, right? Yeah. What would the, what would the older Daryl in terms of advice give the younger Daryl in terms of advice in life? Oh, if the older me now, the only thing I would say is just stay the course. Just stay the course. Um, everything's supposed to happen for a reason. Um, I think a lot of the times when things weren't going my way and I would cry a lot, like, I don't know, I just always wanted to give up on life in general. Um, but now when I look back, if I didn't go through those heartaches or those dark times or those bad times, I wouldn't be the person I am today. So if I had advice, I'd just say like, just trust me, everything will work out. Just keep going. What's the best thing about your mom and dad? The best thing about my parents is that they encourage me to do what I want to do. Um, I, I live, I live, I mean, as a Filipino and as an Asian, I've talked to all my friends and, you know, we come from backgrounds where you're pushed to be a doctor or a lawyer or something financially like amazing and stable. And, you know, there was a part in my life I didn't know what I wanted to do. And like my mom was just like, just give me a degree. I don't care what you do. Just give me a degree. So I think I think I'm grateful that they're supportive in what I want to do in my life. And when you're no longer on this earth, Daryl, I always ask this is always the final question. Um, when they think of your name, what do you want to be remembered for? Uh, I want to be remembered as an inspiration, honestly, just an inspiration for the future dancers. Or even if you didn't dance, like I either made your day or I put some positivity in your life. I just want like if people mention my name, they'd be like, oh, man, I love that guy. You know, that's that's really it. Well, Dale, you know, thank you so much for, you know, for being on the podcast today. Uh, we're going to get you on again. You have so much energy and, you know, and. I appreciate you supporting me and I want to support you as well. And so if somebody wants to follow you on Instagram, TikTok, on YouTube, how would they find you? Hey guys. So if you want to follow me on YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok, my username is Dareel08, D-A-R-E-A-L-0-8. And again, you'll find me YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, Dareel08. And if they want to go to your classes, where can they take their, your classes at? So I teach at Millennium Dance Complex, Las Vegas. Um, I teach every Saturday and Monday. Saturday is my beginning class. Monday is my advanced class. Um, yeah. If you ever here in Vegas, come through. Saturday is the biggest class. Everybody always has fun. 
especially if you're a non-dancer. Uh, Martina has seen it. The energy is just amazing. The encouragement is so much fun. Um, but also for my advanced dancers, if you're in Vegas, come to my Monday class. Um, it's a push. Um, but again, it's very supportive and encouraging. Yeah, and what about if they want to follow you in these shows? What shows are you dancing for right now? Um, right now, actually, I'm on a break. Um, I would mention it. I was in Shania Twain and Donny Osmond at the time here in Vegas, but all the residencies are over. Um, so unfortunately, I'm not in any shows right now. Uh, but if you do want to see my work, um, Thunder Down Under is running every night except for Tuesday night. Ladies, all my ladies out there, if you ever come to Vegas, come watch Thunder Down Under. I choreographed that show and I think you'll have a good time. <laughs> well, thank you so much for being here, Dale. I really, really appreciate you. Thank you for listening to the podcast. Please join us for our wonderful next guest. Until next time, keep learning. And thank you very, very much. Daryl, again, you are the man. And what an amazing dancer and inspiration you are. I, I really, really enjoyed the podcast today. Thank you so much for being on. Your team. Thank you, brother. I really appreciate you. Thank you for having me.